Welcome to the Stony Plain Alliance Church Podcast. We are a community that is about discovering fullness of life for everyone by practicing the way of Jesus together. This message is a part of our series, Breathe, where we are reimagining life at the sustainable and abundant pace that Jesus offers. Let's bow our heads together. God, that's a good place to begin and end. It's a good place to step into prayer, to engage you, and to to remember that you're not done in the midst of life, in the midst of uh, what could be a mess for some, uh, what could be challenging, what could be uh, seem like a mountain. God, you're, you're at work in the midst of it. You're in the midst, at work in the midst of everyday life. And we remember today that you have power to raise the dead. And so we come to you today and we ask that you would, you would raise us to life in Jesus that you'd breathe life into our souls, into our, into our lives today, and you'd raise us up to new life in Jesus. We don't want to walk in the patterns and the habits that lead us into death. We want to walk in the newness of life that Jesus offered. And we come to you for that. Thank you for these who got baptized today. Bless them. Sustain them in their walk with Christ. That this one act would become something significant for them as they continue to follow Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen. Well, good morning. My name is Graham. And like Adam, I have a cold. My nose is stuffy. And uh, I don't normally sound like this, but we're going we're gonna to launch into this. We've been in a series called Breathe, and we've been talking about what it li- means to live a, a sustainable life, what it means to live a healthy life. Uh, most of us, and we started the series talking about the fact that most of us, you know, we come into the new year, and uh, many of us are tired, many are um, disappointed, uh, some are regretful, and the cultural trend is to right the ship, to fix what was wrong. The cultural trend is to uh, improve on our lives. And so we sit down and we dream big dreams and we set fresh goals and we make new plans. Uh, if you've done that this year, that's, that's okay, that's all good. The literature does tell us, the, the studies show that, that 80% of New Year's resolutions are not kept. 80% of those dreams, those goals, those visions, and those plans never, ever come to fruition. And the biggest reason for that is because of failure to execute on a day-by-day basis. All of us, I think, have some sense of what we want to be and what we want to become but we don't have the ability day by day to focus on the small things, on the mundane things, on the detail things of life that can help us move toward that bigger plan, that bigger dream. So today I want to talk about, about God's value of the small. I want to talk about acting in small ways. You know, there's no lack of help in the self-help department that will point us toward 
uh, passion and dreaming big. And it begins when you're quite young. One children's book I, I found begins this way, dream your dream with eyes wide open and make them come true. Dream big, little one. The world is waiting for you. And how many of us would want that? No one's going to say, dream small, little one, because someone's going to squash your big dream. <laughs> dream big, little one. The world is waiting for you. I once heard a speaker at a leadership conference talk about talk about having a vision so big that it would leave you and those around you breathless, that you would have this big vision for life, for ministry, or whatever it was that everyone around you would go, <gasps> including yourself. And I was running long distances at the time, and, and I thought, well, that's a little bit crazy because I never ever want to be left breathless when I'm running a marathon. I want a sustainable pace. I want to be able to finish the marathon, and life is not a sprint. I mean, if it were a sprint, if it's 100 meters, yeah, sure, you run and you're left breathless right at the end, but if you're running 26.2 miles, 42.1 Ks, you, you want breath. You want to be able to breathe along the way. And, uh, you know, we've all heard stories of people who have dreamed big and have become a big success, and those are motivational and they're inspirational stories. And at times, we do need to dream big. But today, our message is called, Don't Just Dream Big, Act in Small, Significant Ways. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying don't ever dream big, because the reality is, is that we have a God that does the impossible. We have a God that can do more than we can ask or imagine. But this isn't that message. I have a message brewing on that at some other time. It lives in tension with the message that I'm going to preach today. But the message that I'm going to preach today comes out of uh, Zechariah, a message given to exiles, a message given to people who were weary and who were burdened and who were disappointed. And the message that uh, Zechariah speaks to this, these people is this, Zechariah 4.10, who dares despise the day of small things? Since the seven eyes of the Lord that range throughout the earth will rejoice when they see the chosen capstone in the hand of Zerubbabel, Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10. We're going to unpack that in a moment. And this message today is about small things and the fact that small things really, really matter to God, the small things that we do. And we can talk about lots of other things. There are lots of, lots of other evidence in the Scripture of how God values small things. We could talk about Jesus talking about a mustard seed. The kingdom of God's like a mustard seed, and that mustard seed is small, and it grows into something large. Or we could talk about the story of the widow's mite, this widow who goes to the temple and puts just a little bit of, uh, of money into the temple treasury, but it's a, a significant gift because it was all that she had, and she sacrificed to do it. And we could talk about God choosing Israel, where God says to Israel, you know, you, you weren't really any big deal when I chose you. Uh, you were, in fact, when you looked at all the nations, you were kind of the runt of the litter. Uh, but I chose you anyway, and I chose you to make something great out of you. And so we could talk about that. But today I want us to look at this little-known story out of Zechariah. And I'm going to give you some context for this phrase. I, I want to lift this, this phrase out of the text, though. Who dares despise the day of small things? Some versions say the day of small beginnings. And this phrase is given to Zechariah to deliver to um, to deliver to a, a man by the name of Zerubbabel, and then to the, the exiles of Israel. So just a little bit of context, if you just put the chart up there, um, 
I'm not going to go through all of that in detail. This isn't a history lesson, but just to give you a little bit of the context, in 586 BC, the Babylonians swept through Jerusalem. They destroyed the walls. They destroyed the temple. And in destroying the temple, they were really destroying what the people believed to be the presence of God in their midst. And, and so these people were, many of them were killed. Some of them fled. Many of them were taken and exiled throughout the Babylonian Empire. And so without walls and without a temple and being spread out throughout the Babylonian Empire, they didn't know who they were anymore. They, they were kind of destroyed as a people, not just physically destroyed, but internally destroyed. They had no sense of identity and no sense of hope. And then in 539 BC, the Persians come and sweep through the Babylonian Empire under a ruler by the name of Cyrus. And Cyrus doesn't believe in keeping everyone in exile. He decides that he will send all of the exiles that the Babylonians had taken into exile and send them back. So about, I think it's about 40 years later, he, he decides to do this. And so you, you can imagine the sense of upheaval and angst in this people because in about a generation, they go through exile, they go through the destruction of the walls and their temple, they go into exile, and then they're, they're made to go back to their homeland and under this, under this party that goes back, God commissions two leaders by the name of Joshua and Zerubbabel. Joshua is a priestly leader, and Zerubbabel, uh, we, we could think of him as a governor, or we might even think of him today as the chairman of the building committee, Darren Boyd. I told Darren this morning when he walked in, this message is specifically for you. And he's like, whoa, whoa, what, am I in trouble? No, no, no. Just, I kind of compare him to the build, the, the, the uh, chairman of the building committee, because they're given the task of rebuilding the temple. And Zechariah, the prophet, was one of the people in this little group that returned. And it was a daunting task for these exiles. They, get, they don't really have a lot of resources. They're vulnerable to attack because they don't have an army. They're cautious because they've been victimized in the past. You can imagine the sense of upheaval and insecurity that they have. And so you can imagine on everybody's mind as they set about to rebuild the temple, how will this get done? But, but they start and they lay a foundation. And Ezra chapter 3 tells us, great step of faith for them. Despite their fear, th their fear of the people around them, they built the altar on its foundation and they sacrificed burnt offerings to the Lord. And, and when the foundation is laid, there's a strange sound that kind of erupts. It's a strange, it's a weird sound. And the sound is weird because it's the sound of both rejoicing and mourning. The sound of rejoicing because those who had never ever seen the temple before, the younger folk in the crowd had never been there. They had been born in exile and now they come back to Jerusalem and this foundation is laid and they erupt in praise because they're like, yes, God's at work. This is a sign of God's work. It's a sign of his faithfulness. But then you had some who had been, in, been there in the past and they start to mourn Be because the temple wasn't what they had imagined it would be. It wasn't what they once had in the past. It wasn't what they were hoping for. And so they see the temple and they begin to mourn. There's a general sense of disappointment among them at this temple. What? This isn't what we hoped it would be. And we can kind of understand how they would feel. Nothing is the same as it once was. Everything's smaller. They have a small bit of land to live in. There's a small number of people they have a small amount of resources. They're only making a small impact. They're a small nation. They're being tossed around like a piece of driftwood in a strong current. 
and the surrounding nations are huge, and they're creating a huge pushback, and the task before them is huge. And once the foundation is laid, the building project comes to a halt for 18 years. 18 years, Darren Boyd, don't get any ideas. We want to keep moving forward. It's not, it's not really Zerubbabel's problem. Why? Why 18 years? Well, they have this general sense of disappointment from those who had seen the temple before. And they come back and they go, this, is, this isn't all that. And those who were rejoicing wanted to, I'm sure, move forward. But you can imagine what happens, that the cold fog of disappointment would begin to settle even on those who were rejoicing. And it always happens that way, right? Hey, you know what? It's not as great as you think it is. I, I really don't know if this is God's work or not. We're actually quite disappointed, and the cold fog of disappointment begins to settle over those who are rejoicing. And then couple that with the fact that it's a big project and there's lots of work to do, and the fact that there's also external opposition to them, and you can imagine there's this general sense of inertia, and the project just grinds to a halt for 18 years. And God speaks through Zechariah to Zerubbabel. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you mighty mountain before Zerubbabel that you will become level ground? Then he'll bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it, God bless it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, the hands of the the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of the temple. His hands will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Who dares despise the day of small things? Since the seven eyes, and seven is just a, a word for perfect, the perfect vision of the Lord that, re, that ranges throughout the earth will rejoice when they see the chosen capstone in the hands of Zerubbabel. What is God saying? Well, God could have said, don't sweat, I'll provide, I've got you covered, Zerubbabel, people of Israel, don't sweat, I'm sending reinforcements, I'm sending more people, I've got more resources for you. God could have said all of that, but He says to them, not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. And who dares, who among you dares despise the day of small things? I think the biggest issue that they had to deal with wasn't the size of the project or the people who were opposing them. The biggest issue that they were dealing with was their internal inertia, their sense of disappointment, the general negativity. And so God's giving this word of encouragement to them that He would do something by His Spirit. And their response was to be that they should not despise the day of small things. And why would he say that? Because he knows that our tendency is to do just that. We tend to value the big, but we devalue the small. We, we, want, we want happy, thriving, flourishing marriages. Most couples who get married have this vision for their marriage, right? There, there's never a couple who, you know, I, I would never do the wedding if they ever said to me, 
We, we don't want a happy marriage. We really are not into thriving. We, we are into conflict. We, we want this thing to fail. I'd never do it, right? They have a vision for their marriage. They want a happy, thriving, healthy marriage. But where it fails is despising small things like forgiveness and sacrifice and serving one another and dating each other. That's where it fails, it's the despising of small things. It's not the big vision that fails, it's the small things that fail. We, you may have a, a vision this year of you know, getting in shape or something like that. I don't know what your vision is for yourself physically. Some of you have it, some of you don't. But you're like, oh yeah, I see it. I see it. I could be on the cover of a magazine. But then it comes to the day-to-day -day nutritional requirements and the workouts and, you know, the things start piling up and we go, I, I, yeah. <laughs> Small things. We, we have this dream maybe of being, you know, a, a, a guitarist playing with U2 someday up on the stage. I don't know if U2 still speaks to you. Maybe, maybe to some of you. Older people like me, but not the younger crowd, I know. It's dated context. Anyway, um, but then when it comes to the small things, like hours and hours and hours of practice until your fingers bleed, yeah, it's the small things. You, you see, we, we value the big, but we don't value the small thing. When we were in Israel, we went on this, on this journey one day, on this walk one day, and, and the instructor, the, 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 the guide, the rabbinic guide, wanted to pr prove a point, and so he took us to two different, two different settlements, and through one settlement we walked through, it was a, a, a Jewish settlement, a Jewish community, and, and it was really unimpressive. It was, you know, the small houses that were kind of cobble, cobbled together, it almost looked impoverished, and, and we kind of walked through that area and just sort of you know, just gave it a little bit of a, mm, yeah, whatever, it's all right. Didn't really pay much attention to it. Wanted to get on with the next thing, and then, and then we walked, uh, I've taken a bus. Anyway, we walked up over this hill to the next, to the next thing, and as we walked over the hill, we, we saw a Roman city, the ruins of a Roman city. And as we walked up to the hill and sort of stood on the on the top of the hill and overlooked the ruins. I mean, it was magnificent, the columns, the gymnasium, the, the Colosseum. It was, a, it was a, an amazing, it was a sight to behold, and everyone stopped and went, oh, wow, look at that. Everyone sort of stopped, and then excitedly we started to make our way down, and the, and the, and the rabbinic guide kind of called us back. And he said, it's interesting how every group that I lead will quickly walk through the Jewish community without paying much attention to what it represents. But when they see the Roman city in all of its splendor, they're always filled with a wide-eyed wonder. One is a testimony to God's work, and the other is a testimony to man's work. One valued family and community and life together. That's why those houses are all kind of cobbled together like that. The other valued independence. The family was actually torn apart and people were pitted against each other. One's small, the other one's big. Which one do you think had the most significance to God? And I kind of went, oh my goodness. 
guilty. I was, I was filled with wide-eyed wonder. I just wanted to see the Roman ruins and not really reflect on God, what God was doing in Israel. These words to the prophet Zechariah tell us that God knows something about small things that we don't. Rob Reamer, uh, who does the Soul Care series, says the first theological lesson that we need to learn is that God knows stuff that we don't. You think? You see, there are some here who are motivated by the big, by big stretching dreams and visions, and I, I, would, I would be one of those, guilty. But today I think God wants us to hear, don't despise the small things that are being done in you and being done through you in the name of Jesus. Don't despise the small things that appear unspectacular and normal and ordinary and mundane, that go unnoticed, that don't become social media moments, that don't wow others, that might require hard slogging and may even seem to the human eye disappointing. Don't despise the small things because small things matter when they're in the hands of a big God. Don't despise the small things. And so these words begin to pierce Zerubbabel's heart and fill him with fresh hope. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. And Zerubbabel could feel his heart pounding as the message continued. What are you, almighty mountain, before Zerubbabel, that you will become level ground? Then he'll bring out the capstone to shouts of God, bless it, God, bless it, the hands of Zerubbabel that have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands will also complete it. To Zerubbabel, the inertia of these people, combined with lack of resources, combined with the outward opposition, leads to this project stalling, and it seems like a mighty mountain, but God says, in my strength, in my power, I'm going to get this work done. That name, God Almighty, by the way, is a name that God uses to say, I'm a God that's unstoppable. I'm a God that has unlimited power. I'm a God that has strength and rule and might, and when you put your life in my hands, great things can be done. God Almighty... Zerubbabel and the people despise this early start. How weak, how insignificant, how naive the people had been, how small and disappointing Zerubbabel had appeared as a leader, and yet despite of all of that, God had been in those beginnings. That's what God is saying. I was in that small thing. Don't despise it. I commissioned you. I started this. God had been in those small things. And he promises to move in mighty ways toward the end. Small steps, small efforts, small beginnings in the hands of a big God lead to something significant. Therefore, the message of Zechariah is still true for us today. Instead of despising the small things, we should be encouraged by the small things, by the ordinary we can rejoice in the small things because God is working through them when you put them in His hands. God is working through them for your good, for your joy, and for His glory. Isn't that encouraging? With God's power, small acts done in God's love lead to a big impact. Small steps done in obedience to God lead to a larger goal of becoming more and more like Jesus. Small gifts offered in faith to God for others lead to a big outpouring of blessings. Small decision when made with God's wisdom can lead to big influence. Small investments in relationships can pay big dividends. Small things. What's the small thing 
that God is calling you to not despise? What are the things in your life that you look at these days and you go, I just am not really thrilled about doing that. I'd rather be living something else. What's the small thing that he's calling you to do tomorrow and not to not despise, but to see as an act of faith, trusting that he's going to work through that and in that for your good, for your joy, and for his glory? What are the small things? Let me give you some examples of small things that could lead, I think, to big results when empowered by God's Spirit. So I want to invite our team to come up here and just going to take some time to reflect. And, and, as I, and as I speak and as they play, I just want to invite you to reflect on what are the small things that God might be calling you to not despise and to embrace and to celebrate, to dig into. Here are some of the examples. Don't despise the small things of prayer through which God changes the hearts of people. Don't despise the small things of daily Bible reading through which you build a life based on the wisdom of God so that your heart and mind can be transformed. Don't despise the small thing of silence and solitude in the presence of God where you place yourself in a position to hear the voice of God. Don't despise the small thing of giving regularly to support the growth of the gospel in our community, in our world. Don't despise the small things of working in a seemingly insignificant place like the church nursery or a Sunday setup team by which you serve others to build them up in the faith. Don't despise the small things of a weekly Sabbath in which you learn to rest and become a source of rest to others. Don't despise the small thing of forgiving someone who has hurt you by which you declare the power of the gospel. Forgiveness reigns. Don't despise the small thing of not lusting after other people through which you would build a life of faithfulness and purity and loyalty. Don't despise the small thing of serving your family through underappreciated tasks where you reflect the nature and the love of Jesus. Don't despise the small thing of a date night with your spouse through which you're building a loving, faithful marriage that blesses your kids and the rest of us. Don't despise the small thing of going to a life group every week, week in and week out with a bunch of unreasonable, imperfect people so that you can grow in love and unity and care for one another. Don't despise the small thing of spending time with your kids, praying for them, teaching them how to follow Jesus so that you can help them navigate their way through a world that is increasingly faithless and living without God. Don't despise the small thing of creating something artistic so that you can reveal the work of God, the artist in you for the sake of others and the glory of God. Don't despise the small thing of doing your job well every day and pointing others to faith in Christ in the workplace. Small acts become significant in the hands of a big God. 
Let's get back to the Bible story again. What's smaller than a group of rejected exiles going back to a God-forsaken land, trying to build this building? What's smaller than that? How about a humble king born in a manger in this little town at the edge of nowhere? Can't even find it on Google Maps. <laughs> he was born. Pretty small thing on a world scale. God says, don't despise him. Don't you despise him. That baby grew into a man. He preached the message of the kingdom. He was poor and he was homeless. I, I mean, Isaiah the prophet, looking forward to Jesus, says he was despised and rejected by men. We esteemed him not. Because he was a small thing compared to the symbols of power in this world, he was a small thing compared to the Caesars, compared to the emperors, compared to the, to the world leaders that were on the stage that day. He was a small thing. And when he went to the cross, nobody thought much about it. It was a small thing. He, he would have been just another statistic in the Roman Empire of a, a long list of criminals, of others who were crucified. It was a small thing, and yet through that small thing, God took the whole weight of the sin of the world on Himself, and He made payment for our sins so that we could become reconciled to Him, so that our sin could be forgiven. He made payment for our sin, and through that one small act, seemingly small act from that perspective, He's now reconciling the whole world to Himself. Small acts are significant in the hands of a big God. And so for, for you, perhaps, the small step today is to say, Jesus, I step into a relationship with you. That one small step, that one small prayer that you pray, inviting Christ into your life can become a portal of massive transformation in your life as you continue to follow Jesus day in and day out and continue to take small steps toward Christ. And then there are others What's the small step for you? What's the small thing for you this week? P perhaps for you it's the small step toward sobriety, of checking in with a support group. Maybe for you it's the small step toward purity, of just getting into a relationship with another person, another brother or sister, and telling them your story and asking for help. Perhaps for you, it's the small step toward forgiveness. Maybe there's something that's been hanging on in your heart, something that's been going on in your life, and you just need to forgive someone. And the small step for you may just mean that you reach out to someone and tell them your story and share your hurt with them. That will be the small step toward forgiveness. And maybe it's the small step toward mission. As you think about the neighborhood that you live in, and maybe you don't even know who your neighbors are, maybe you don't know their names, and maybe the small step for you this week will be to bake some cookies and to knock on their door and say, hi, my name is Ty. I'm the friendliest guy you've ever met. He's shaking his head, no, you are. It's just all in here. Small step, right? What's the small step for you? And so that's what I want to leave us with today. What is the small step? I want to invite you to stand with me. What's the small thing to embrace 
tomorrow. That can become big in God's hands. So for you, if your small step is just to take a step of faith today, your small step in, I invite you just to pray with me. Jesus, today I choose to trust you. I choose to lay my sin at your feet. I ask for forgiveness for my sin. And I'll take a step in to relationship with you today. If you prayed that, I want to invite you to come and to share that with us and tell us about the small step that you've taken. It's actually a big deal. And then there are others, you know, multiple ways that we can respond to this. But tomorrow as you go into your day and to think of the small things that you are being asked of you, when done in Jesus' name, God would say, don't despise that. I'm doing something in your midst. I'm doing something through your job, through your family through your marriage, in your neighborhood, in your workplace, in your, your sports team, your school, your marriage. Small things that can make a big difference when they're put in the hands of a big God. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. So the word of God to you today is not, don't have big dreams, big plans. But God calls you tomorrow, I believe, us as a church tomorrow, to go and embrace the small things, the mundane things, the things that don't appear to have a big impact. Do those in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Put those in the hands of God and trust that he's going to work something amazing through our small faithful acts. In Jesus' name, go. Amen. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. To discover more about Stony Plain Alliance Church and its ministries, visit our website at spaconline.com. Grace and peace.